Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to a extra spiffingly fantastic bonus episode of <laughs> Who Back When. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. <laughs> See, lean in, lean into it. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, we are on uh, B. 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 I was, I know, I know. <laughs> B062. Yes! <laughs> the Matt Smith retrospective. Ka-ching. 11th Doctor. Oh, farewell, Matt Smith. Lovely Matt. You'll be missed. Or will you? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> will you be missing our 11th Doctor co-host opposite me, whose name is... Drew Beckwen. I'm just going to stick with my name at this stage. Okay. But maybe... <laughs> you know what? Or maybe oh, not. Well... Oh... And how about you, co-host to his right? Hi there, this is Leon. And yes, damn it, yes, I'm going to be something like crazy. Oh, oh. Taking all the mystery out of the room. <laughs> no. I mean, it could have gone either way. Yeah, uh, sure. And uh, co-host directly opposite Leon. That's me, Jim. And <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll miss him as well, but mm, time will tell. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait and mm. see. And uh, oh, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Marie. And Hello, Marie. of course I'm going to miss blooming old matt smith oh like you care clara's carrying on oh you know that does soften the blow a little (laughs) (laughs) so yeah let's find out what drew thinks because we've all splurged our load that's that's (laughs) right well that's the arc of this episode (laughs) at the end we'll know where you stand drew Yeah, keep, just teasers. Keep us guessing. So as with other retrospectives, we have a few categories to cover. Favourite episodes, least favourite episodes, best falls, worst falls, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Companions and storylines, etc. There were tons of storylines in this one, in fact. Mm. So we've got a lot to sink our teeth into. However, why don't we start by comparing the Doctor that's just gone to the Doctors that went before. Okay. We've just had all of Matt Smith. Tragically, Drew. Tragically. No more Matt Smith. Oh. <laughs> Do you yeah. know Matt Smith is the seventh Doctor that we've completed <laughs> on Who Back When? What? <laughs> oh my goodness. Really? Oh, fantastic. We've done one, two, three. Hurt, Eccleston, Tennant, and now Smith. I just looked up, by the way, the 11th hour on whobackwhen.com, and we dropped that episode on the 27th of August 2017. Oh, that's actually more recent than I had imagined. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There's over two years of Matt Smith for I, us. I was convinced it was three and a half. I th- yeah, I think we've done pretty well. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your question again? So high level, how do you feel about Matt Smith compared to how you felt to other doctors whose complete run? Well, we were relieved that Tennant was finally gone, weren't we? <laughs> Yeah, it felt mm. like Tennant's swan song just dragged on for so long. And I, I mean, it dragged on until the last episode before the one... Before Matt, it's dragged on until Matt Smith's penultimate episode. Yeah, well, oh. <laughs> oh, that is true. Yeah, and I, but I do, and I don't feel like that about Matt Smith. I feel like if he'd have signed on for another year, I would have been really pleased with it. So does that mean that you connected with the Eleventh Doctor in a way that was more profound than with, say, the Tenth Doctor or with Eccleston's no- Doctor? I really struggle because when you think back to Tennant, I think you kind of remember the end of it and being bored of him and wanting him over but yeah. in the beginning in the in his first couple of series i definitely loved him i was all for him i really like 
he was my doctor. So I, I think if Matt Smith had carried on for another couple of series, he would have eventually been like, oh, it's time for a refresh. So I just, I just think Tennant didn't know when to call it a day, whereas Matt Smith went at his peak. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, did we not have trivia exposed to us that he left even before... Super more, more abruptly. Realized. Yeah, super yeah. abruptly, like within the, the space of one episode. Yeah, that was something Trenton said. Trenton, I would love to know your sources or for you to just expand on this and let us know further. Yeah, yeah pop a comment on the website. You used a very significant term there. You mentioned your doctor. But I don't know who is my doctor because I, f- I feel like I felt like that about Christopher Eccleston as well because I adored Christopher Eccleston even before he was the doctor. And then he came on and he was my doctor and then... Tennant came along and no, he was my doctor. And, <laughs> and now Matt Smith feels like he's my doctor. But I, I actually genuinely think looking back over everyone and including Capaldi and Whitaker as well, I think probably Smith does like have the little soft spot in my heart. And I think in like a couple of decades time, I'll look back and remember him as my doctor more than anyone else. I think. Oh, nice. That's lovely. How about you guys? I think I kind of agree. I think the thing that stands out in particular with Matt Smith is that he can do comedy like none of the other New Who doctors can do. Like, they can all get the moodiness and they can get the drama. I don't think they will ever quite get the comedy. And I think he just gets that range then of like, See, I, the full thing you want from a doctor. Yeah. I don't know. I think Eccleston's got, got comedy down. Really? Yeah. He's way more slap. No, wait. He's, wait, he's slapsy in a different way. Mm. He also only got the one season and yeah. that season was, the writing was a little jittery, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it's a little bit more childish. Yeah. And then Tennant goes like full on grown up. Well, teenager. <laughs> full on emo teenager. <laughs> and then they dial it back for Matt Smith. And... But I do wonder if that's a big part of it is that the writing evolved with each doctor as well. And so we've had, I know we obviously had big story arcs with Tennant, but it feels like the whole like River and Amy Pond and the, the crack in the wall and the silence mm. and all, all of these huge story arcs which then all got slightly resolved in this final episode that feels so epic in comparison to what came before it epic or overstretched well probably both but I'm going with epic because <laughs> I'm in a good mood <laughs> <laughs> so Drew where do you stand in terms of uh, Matt Smith I still haven't seen all of Eccleston's run and it's so short not? I've oh. seen the episode with Simon Pegg in it because people say it's terrible but I loved Simon Pegg at the time. It's a historical anomaly. Oh, no, I haven't. So I can only really compare him to Tent, is what I'm saying. The main difference between Eleven's run and Tens for me is the quality of the feature episode versus the day-to-day run-of-the-mill series fillers. Tens series finales, written by RTD invariably, would always be a bit pants. And they'd be grandiose, but unavoidably naff. They'd score in the twos or threes, and the extra running time would only ever accommodate a pungent dollop of bonus cheese. (laughs) (laughs) But certain episodes, like Midnight or Blink, or the whole of Series 4, would stand out as miniature classics, whereas Eleven's series and run would be bookended by properly grand, sometimes literally canon-defining epics, with phlegm expectorated across the intervening weeks. And it makes me feel differently about the good and bad episodes too. Whereas Tenant Stock inhibited a basically shit universe and you were pleased to find unspoilt pockets of it, Smith's pretended to greater professionalism while disappointing you a lot of the time. It sort of branded itself as prestige telly, but was then a bit shit quite a lot. Do you know, in sort of preparation for this episode, I went back through like what we'd scored things previously and just like looking through all the episodes to remind myself what had happened. And I think... Especially the Clara run. You know that I love Clara. I, I love the concept of, of like 
Matt Smith and Clara and I kind of remember this with real fond like oh yeah they must have been great episodes and then looking back at them all individually n- nothing really stands out as a brilliant episode in its own right like I think all the acting is really good I think oh really the characters are really good but just but yeah if you, when you think about Tenant, Blink the girl in the fireplace I don't know that there are certain episodes. human nature where he's John Smith oh my god yeah so so there are real real standout episodes from Tenant's run but I don't think the same can be said of the latter series of Smith. I think there are some early episodes but with with the ponds that do stand out a bit more. Jim, you butted. I didn't actually Leon did, but I wanted oh. to. <laughs> oh. oh, take it away, Jim. Well, I was just going to say, and I, I think this is something that we need to pick apart a little bit, but the end of Matt Smith's run is incredible. Yeah. But, yes, exactly. But a lot of that is because it's the 50th anniversary. Yeah, so, so much. Oh, there is that. That's true. It. Is it an aspect of, you know, good timing? Yeah. But even across Matt Smith in general, because in my head, I haven't segmented it by season. Mm. So it's just like Matt Smith, the whole blob. It's box set. And to me, there are a number of Matt Smith episodes that stand out as, oh yeah, that's sort of seminal new who. Dinosaurs on a spaceship, Asylum of the Daleks. Uh, d- uh, Dinosaur on a spaceship? Uh, d- uh, b- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, are you listing wait, 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 wait. favourite no, 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 no. I'm not least, uh, <laughs> listing... No, no, I'm not listing best or worst. I'm listing yeah. like standout episodes. Episodes that, it, that would be featured on the montage of new who you would definitely see him riding a dinosaur on a spaceship and it's like oh that's memorable matt smith crimson horror definitely not one of my favorites but that would also stand out to me in a way see you're listing all the really cheesy ones that i really hated oh well okay well you know what we've all made a list of our top three and bottom three right shall we just jump into that and and figure out where we where we are okay great okay in third i've got jointly uh-huh. The 11th hour and the name of the Doctor. Oh, interesting. The name of the Doctor being the one before the 50th. Right. And I gave them both 4.5. So are you basing this solely on the ratings that you gave them? or Well, I, because they both had 4.5, I went into them to be like, I must have preferred one to the other. But they're so different in that they're opposite ends of the process. 11th hour sets all the plates spinning. Mm. And name of the Doctor halts a lot of them but then sets some others going and sets up the 50th so i in the end i just couldn't find a way to prize them apart so i had to include them both interesting the 11th hour is also my third favorite one the 11th hour is on mine as well yeah Yeah. i think it's such a strong opening to the series and it completely gives you all this mythology and sets him up as this doctor and, and introducing a companion who then you feel like you've known for years, even though she's been on screen for five minutes. Hardly any time at all. Yeah. yeah. it's. I think it's such a clever episode. And we get the crack in the wall. Yeah. We get that Sherlocky scene where he's figuring stuff out. We, we get, get the fish scene. fingers and custard. We, we get, get Rory. Poor Rory. who's just the, like, the not good looking one in this episode. Oh. oh. You get the swimming pool. We which, think you're very handsome, Rory. Yes. Yeah. Which Clara's oh, yeah. seen like, three or four episodes ago <laughs> finally finally <laughs> yeah it's a really good episode yeah i think it's a really strong episode and um, we also get a scene which i've watched a few youtube summarizations of the 11th doctor and it features heavily on all of them which is him calling back the i forget the <laughs> yes. prison, prison zero people oh right yeah yeah like but, they, they, they vanquish them and he calls them back to tell them don't you fucking come here again <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's that's really, so badass yeah. yeah and that's after that's such a fantastic crescendo following an hour of him clowning around yeah. much of the time yeah, exactly. to then just yeah. do a sea change and be super serious yeah. it's very good yeah. and let's not forget Patrick Moore oh yeah Patrick Moore is on <laughs> Skype uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay number two Jim well no I'm not doing the one that Marie pointed out <laughs> I, I think that might be my top one I think it's oh fun. really um, I don't know, the doctor's wife is going to be up there somewhere. Ah, that's but, 
Because yeah, I, I don't know if it's right up there. That's the problem. When we did this very quickly and we went through episode titles, that was the one that stood out. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, the Doctor's Wife. I love the episode. And then looking back on the ratings. Nobody rated it really that high. I gave that a 3.3. Yeah. I'm just looking at the ratings now. Mine was a 4.3, but I go, you know me, I go super high if I really like yeah, something. Yeah, 4.3 so from you actually 3. means you felt a 2.7. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Podcastland, go to the whobackwhen.com ratings page and follow along with the action. Did you really just <laughs> say that? <laughs> oh yep. <laughs> but yeah, but like like you said about there being like moments that would define the era. Like I yeah. I love the concept of the Doctor's wife, and I feel like it changed how I view the TARDIS from then on in. And even like looking back on previous episodes, you now see it as a person, not just a machine. And that's the way the Doctor's always seen it. And I do I think that was so. Um, important so even though there may have been flaws in the episode which i'm sure we covered i still think it's a really great episode to throw in there yeah yeah one of my notes for the run in general is it's way more ambitious in some ways not just because the budget is a bit better and the resolution's a bit crisper but in rtd's time Davros threatened to set off a reality bomb. In the Big Bang, we basically got a reality bomb and the universe was rebooted and the TARDIS was personified, etc. There's loads more than that. Mm. Yeah. So you can't fault these three series for their ambition. No, exactly. And if some episodes failed, then isn't it better to try? Well, <laughs> after seeing Whitaker's latest run? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to Chibbers. Yeah. <laughs> I think the main reason, though, I'm keeping that, even though everyone else didn't rate it as highly as they have rated other episodes, Mm. so I didn't actually review that one with you, I don't think, is because it sticks in my mind. Like you're saying, the kind of poster child things they would, or the things they would show in the montage of this was Matt's best That would definitely be on there, yeah. I actually not convinced they would put it on there, because I don't know if it's iconic enough, and it's a bit too set aside from the main stories and stuff, and it doesn't have dinosaurs. I reckon you'd have him flying through the space, or flying through the time vortex on the homemade TARDIS. Uh, possibly, yeah. But it, it stands out for me. Like It's one I'll always remember. Mm. And I, I look back at things that are rated higher, like the Angel two-parter with River. It's like, the ratings for that are incredibly high. Like We obviously enjoyed it, but I couldn't tell you all the plot points and bits yeah. that actually people like about it, the whole kind of like, what don't you put in the trap? You don't you don't put the doctor in the trap. I actually really hate, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about that episode because that was one that I wasn't on. And I really, really remember disliking that episode. <laughs> And you all rated it so highly, and I can't. I don't really know why. Wait, what's it called? The Time of Angels. Is it that? Yeah, Time of Angels, and then Flesh it and is. Stone is the second part. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So four, four point four and four point six. Yeah, that's despite Rivers every other word being spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> and and my my biggest issue with it was it that they rewrote the rule book where the angels were concerned. Yeah, um, which I think I've said before, but I like to go on record again. Anyway, but yeah, so. The angels are obviously a really, really great foe. So maybe like you, but like Jim said, I I couldn't tell you anything specifically that came from that episode. Whereas Blink, I could tell you the plot point by plot point what happened. But those two don't sit in my head as the other thing. With Blink, you can pretend that the other ones don't exist, and you just explain the angels, and that's the concept. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Whereas you'd explain that for these episodes, and it's not enough. It's like because so much other stuff is happening. Whereas Blink, it's just all about the angels, which is why it stands alone as a bit of a and different it's episode and a better episode. Dr. Light. I mean, Dr. Absent. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings have not factored into my choices, because 4.6, I, I rated that higher than I rated, well, two of my top three. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, so it's interesting when, when you 
when we're discussing an episode and you're pulling it apart and pointing holes in things and we all go oh okay maybe it's not that good and you rate it low but as soon as you leave this room you then forget all that and you remember it you know if it if it grabs you and it gets your heart then you go oh sorry it's still my favorite episode i don't care yeah. i don't and that's this especially the last few i think me and you leon have both been of the so this is the best one i don't care i don't care 5.0 yeah exactly <laughs> whatever you tell me all the negative things you want it doesn't matter and so you remember those as the, the best episodes even if they're not yeah whereas us us robots always keep our brains engaged <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll add 0.3 to an episode if it's very Christmassy. And that's as far as I'll go. I was going to ask, Leon, what your second favourite was. So my second favourite was, and this may be the one that you whispered to Jim earlier on, Marie, it's Vincent and the Doctor. <gasps> was it that one? Yeah. Oh, I was. Which is just such an incredibly beautiful yeah. episode. It has one of my worst foes in it. Oh, the, oh, the space the chicken. Uh, chicken. Yeah, the invisible <laughs> space chicken. Yeah, but you get Such Vincent, a good bad photo to add, yeah. Vincent and the Doctor fighting an invisible space chicken. Like, that's a brilliant scene. Oh, you get two prats cavorting around in a courtyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> brilliant. I mean, it's almost worth being added to the top three for the climactic finale. Yeah. In, when he's surrounded by his art and yeah. clearly space and time must be unfurling around him because <laughs> he should not be there. Yeah. Like, that is not okay. Yeah. And what if someone else sees him and recognizes him and you know, whatever. But it, no, it's such a beautiful episode and it's so tragic yeah. in so many yeah. ways. Yeah. It doesn't have a happy ending. It just lightens the incredibly sad ending that we all know and remember he hasn't changed history mm. i think that i would put that on a par with like we were saying the tenant episodes that really stand out as standalone episodes i think probably because it doesn't move the overarching plot on at all it, it is just in isolation but the characters are so strong and the story is really strong that it doesn't it doesn't need to add anything else to the like Doctor Who canon. Yeah. It's just a really beautiful episode in its own right. But that that's one of my favourites. Yeah, definitely. I'm crying just thinking about it. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Are you about to do your number one? No, no. Okay, good. That's a problem with top top threes, because we're we've not gonna have the same. Got more than three anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I've added some honourable mentions to my list as well. <laughs> the sort of climax to the first series as well. So the Pandora opens and the Big Bang. I think that was a really good end of series, like finale. It was, yeah. Think, yeah, they're really strong at finales. I think the Matt Smith run, the whole Pandora storyline. Yeah, and I mean the spin-off that came from it. Oh yeah, what what it was setting up? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. The, the real meat to that. Exactly. Chicken <laughs> the real <laughs> destiny of this whole franchise. <laughs> so I have a different, perhaps cheerier number two. Let's hear it. You guys might think it's a number two. <laughs> but we've already said how Matt Smith can do comedy. Okay. So my second favorite episode is... The Lodger. The Lodger! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. Get out, Drew. Get out. <laughs> Leon, would you care to read out from us... In podcast land, your rating for The Lodger. I know it's high, isn't it? Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things. That's you, so weird. You, still, you remember it as a terrible episode. I do. I really but do. the numbers don't lie. Like I gave it a 4.1. Drew gave it 4.6. I actually convinced you for one golden week. It's because I wasn't there. I <laughs> 
it's that possibly the yeah because <laughs> i again i remember thinking to this one listen to this one and being like what are they talking about i'm sure i could have taught you down if i'd have been there because it's one of, i think it's one of my bottom oh wow I, actually no i remember it's not as bad as as we thought it was you think? i bet you that's a direct quote from our review of it as well <laughs> yeah oh it's not as bad as yeah there was another one that had that effect. Oh, Akatan or Akatan. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, Akatan. We were all just convinced it was bottom of the barrel, yeah. absolute shite. Yeah. And it was just meh. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that was kind of the thing with the lodger to me. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think possibly when I first watched it, I particularly hated James Corden because he was on the up and was just everywhere mm-hmm. and was annoying. Uh, and yeah, he'd be successful. Exactly. But he's surprisingly charming in this. But yeah, he, he was a lot better than I expected. And um, the episode itself is actually quite charming, even though it is straight up dumb. It is so incredibly dumb, Drew. It is dumb, but it's dumb in the service of some <laughs> deathless comedy. I would happily watch that once a month. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> what? Considering what? some of the episodes we have oh to watch. Oh my goodness, I priorities, Drew. happily oh turn over and put the lodger back on. Okay, we're going to have a sister podcast where you only review the lodger once a month. <laughs> <laughs> and we slowly see the joy of living drain out from your eyes. But I want to force you to watch Closing Time with it. Oh. Ooh, yeah, I, I only gave that a 3.3. A mere 3.3 or whatever. Oh, wait, I'm mixing those two up in my head. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> They're both James Corden, though. Yeah, 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 you're right. Closing Time is a sort of sequel where love saves the day. Oh, yeah, closing Time, no. I gave 1.9. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's funny, damn it. I love fun. Matt Smith, <laughs> that, that episode would not have worked with any other doctor. No, that's true. Mm. That is true, yeah. You wouldn't have got the football scene at any rate. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> any other top threes? Um, We've not had the top ones, have we? Oh, yeah. This, yeah, this is not my top one, but it's, it's up there. But the wedding, where Amy gets married, which one's that? Oh, Big Bang? The big oh, I said that. Is wedding. that big bang? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. He does the dance and the wedding, and he and she brings him back, and she's like something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, and it's the bluest blue, the tardis, and oh, it's beautiful. But she shouldn't be able to bring him back. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I don't just, care. Just by oh, that is the most infuriating response. I'm going to get really pissed <laughs> off with that. <laughs> How do you talk to someone who's going? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We're entitled to our difference of opinion. That's right. I thought That's you. right. <laughs> He left a seed of memory and it was... Yeah. It was kind of... Hot. It was trying to she, explain. Oh, she grew up with a crack seeping the universe into her brain. Are you going to say that, that that then means that the same rules don't apply to her? Yes. That if she remembers something, it does come back. Yes, I am going What to if she misremembers something? River was there too. River remembered something. What if she, what if she had a really vivid dream one <laughs> night as a kid of like a half giraffe, half bat, and like she, <laughs> she thinks of it and it shows up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's not actually even that that annoys me so much as, and this is not the only example throughout Smith's run. This is something Moffat does quite a lot, I think, to get out of a hole. He will set up stuff and lead you to believe that she couldn't possibly bring him back. There's no way she could bring him back. And then she just thinks to herself, actually, if I just disregard the last two minutes and everything the audience has been lied to about, then I could just bring him back. And she does. And that happens loads. That being said, Big Bang was on my honourable mentions list of like other favourite episodes. Yeah. The other one, I don't think it's a favourite, but I think, like you're saying, it's one that would be in the running for things that define Matt Smith's era. Oh. Um, the Girl Who Waited. Also on my list. Yeah. Yes. Also on my list. Yeah. I just, I don't think I can say it's my one of my favourite episodes, but I th- it, it, that's a real standout episode, I think. It really is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think we overall gave that super high ratings. I, I think that one surprised me the other way around. I think I remembered it not being, well, remembered it being a bit kind of mediocre and that too was better than I okay. had remembered. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Weren't we just relieved that it was Amy getting some punishment that week instead of poor, poor Rory? Rory. <laughs> quite quite yeah. possibly. Oh. That might be the nature of watching it in a condensed fashion. Yeah. <laughs> you just realise how shat upon Rory is. Yeah. See, I have an honourable mention that might be controversial. Oh, because I don't feel like we can correctly put the 50th at number one for Matt Smith. Oh, that's going to make my next two minutes very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> this, this is just my opinion, but I, I feel like, yes, it's an amazing episode and I would quite happily call it number one. But I, I don't know if it, you can really say it's Matt Smith's. Like there's a bigger thing here behind it. Yeah, I mean, we didn't include it in Tenant's run, did we? When we retrospected no. that. True. But yeah, no. To be fair, fair, we hadn't got to it at that point, I suppose. But yeah, also that's a that's a strong maybe, argument. Maybe we are we not. We should doctor. have done. <laughs> <laughs> what you you saying? You want to do a, a retrospective of the retrospective now? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying addendum to the. I'm saying in June 2017 or whenever it was, we should have thought ahead and we didn't. Well, what if they all no. come back for the 60th? Are we meant to be oh, like crap. seeing the future? Now. Exactly. We're going to have to start this podcast all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, you died inside. <laughs> oh. I looked up another episode that I didn't really remember what we gave it. it. This was apropos of, oh yeah, that's right. Rory gets shot upon all the time. I looked up Amy's Choice. AKA Ooh. the Dream Lord. Episode. Exactly, yeah. We all gave that just sort of three point, three point middle, three point six, three point six, three point eight, three point eight, and I remember that being really, really good. Like very, it, it, that's that's another one where it doesn't really tally with the rating for me. My memory of it is, yeah. holy moly, that's fantastic. What you're remembering is the Dream Lord, as I wrote him down as best foe question mark, because I feel like. This is the best concept yeah. of a foe we haven't encountered to this point. He sort of had the most unrealized potential were he to be brought were he to be brought back. There wasn't enough Dream Lord and there was too much dumb. There was Amy's ridiculous driving them into the front of the house to kill them. Oh off. yeah. And there was Rory just hanging around until he a trailing leg was caught and he was turned into dust or whatever it was. It it just became really yeah it was it was a really nice setup but then the peril in the one dream or the actual dream i guess no they were both dreams in the end weren't they yeah with the the old folk yeah was just a bit naff so it was kind of like a third of the setup is not filled up properly it's just propped up but the overall thing that you take away from it is a nice memory of dream lordy shenanigans yeah Yeah. you think of toby jones glowering and you're like oh that show must have been brilliant mm. <laughs> and we've done two hour reviews on all of these and it's changed our memories not a jot <laughs> <laughs> can i throw another episode into the ring that isn't necessarily the top but that is equally as well rated as the dream lord one amy's choice and that i remember being another one of these matt smith montage episodes the god complex mm. Super creepy episode, a very interesting concept, perhaps failed a little bit in the execution, but memorable alien, those gross puppets. Yeah. The alien was good, actually. That was a good... Yeah. Not really foe, though. No, not necessarily. I mean, it's not a nemesis of his, but... um, It was interesting. Yeah. Good alien. Very good alien. Mm. I think, for me, it's still one I want to like more than I actually do like. There's there's something about it. Maybe it's like a missed opportunity or something. Hmm. And the woman, is she a 
doctor, I think. Yeah. Who? Oh yeah. I think the doctor actually says at one point, "Maybe you're fired because yes. she's being so brilliant and yeah. like his companion material." Like that. That's a nice thing to have in a another on on screen actor, you know. But yeah. But she was not the only co-actor of the week. No. There if were I, worse ones. Oh, the, I hated the mouse one. David Williams. Yeah, who plays some sort of cowardly... Yeah. I can't remember what they were called now. I the can't ones who either. surrendered their planet to countless aliens. Yeah, yeah, regardless. Okay. So, a top one? Well, I, if, if we take away the day of the Doctor, my no. favourite Matt Smith episode is The Lodger. <laughs> <laughs> so, can I leave it there at least? <laughs> No, sure. I think I think we have to talk about the the day of the doctor. I I was just throwing it out there as like I I find it a bit tricky to say that's sure his number one because is it his? But let's talk about it anyway. It's definitely Hurt's number one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The day of the doctor was my number one as well. What an incredibly climactic finale! Oh my goodness, what Marie? How can you be quiet here? We oh. were both like five point zeroing all over this I thing. I know, I know we were, but now I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think because there's just been this massive like build up we had the name of the doctor we had the night of the doctor we had the day of the doctor and then what was the the time of the doctor and it was just there's so much there and we've done it in such a condensed period it's all kind of merging a bit <laughs> into one and I can't really <laughs> what happened in the day of the doctor you have the, the box with the big red button yeah. you've got the rose and the rose AI back. thing yeah and... yeah and I know at the time I was very overwhelmed and I did I've scored incredibly high for all of them but I think because maybe because it's not so clear in my head the ones that stand out to me that like my top one I was going to say Vincent and the Doctor because mm-hmm. I just feel like I can remember the emotion of that episode I don't have to know all the details of it and I know there are enough bits in it and whatever but I just you know you show me a still of that episode and I'm going to cry whereas the finale ones they were fantastic in their own right but they do sort of stand a bit aside from the rest of Matt Smith's run in my head a little bit I think okay but I mean, still so good but no oh they, were good. Yeah. they were <laughs> really, really good. good yeah I think it is tricky because it is his send off yeah it's just part of it like, yeah that's true his send off is incredible yeah compared, especially compared to talents where we're just like oh just fucking leave yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> make room for the next guy <laughs> yeah. yeah and my ratings of episodes have always been jacked up if the end of the episode lives up to or is better than the beginning. Yeah. And this is the memory you take away. You remember that Tennant just dragged on and you forget unless you think like Marie did really hard that wait, he was good at the beginning. He was fun for a large parts of it, even in series four. But then you just remember that being boring and planet of the dead and lady D'Souza to fuck face. (laughs) (laughs) And with Matt Smith, you just remember five great episodes at the end. Yeah. And be like, wow, he, he must've been good the whole way through. Cause Oh, I don't remember which episodes called what, cause they're all the same, but wow. They're all amazing. Yeah. So what was your number one, Jim? Vincent and the doctor. Oh, all right. But okay. So we've gone through everybody's top three and we've got everybody's number ones. Every single one of them, with the exception of The Day of the Doctor, is with the Pons as companions. None of them are from Clara's series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Which is what I was saying before. Is like I think she's a fantastic companion, and I love her as an actress, but I don't think she's had any standout episodes, apart from the 50th finale stuff, which is a real shame. I like Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. Yes, exactly, yeah. But I was fairly alone in rating that. Hyde? What about Hyde? Hyde? Oh, Hyde? Really? <laughs> I just yeah. re-listened to that episode thing, just a moment ago. Most of them aren't terrible. Yeah. They're just okay. Oh, yeah, you gave Hyde 2.4, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> we gave it mid-threes. Okay. Sorry, Jim. I, I talked uh, to yeah, I think 
I think the snowman is probably the one that actually stands out the most as a decent Clara episode. Do you know what? Mm. I, I actually really like... It's this, <gasps> the Silent of the Daleks when we meet her the first time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I really like her in that as Does well. that count as a but, Clara but it, one? But it's, it's not, because really. she's not the companion. No. It's still an Amy episode. Bells yeah. of St. John? What's Bells of St. John about again? Motorbike riding up the shard. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, skip it. Skip it. People getting downloaded. Yeah. I mean, it's, okay. it's a good episode. Yeah, it's, like, okay. it's, it's good. It's and just like, straight but up. But yeah, Clara's, yeah exactly. Clara's story, the impossible girl, she keeps dying. Like, And then, the, you know, jumping into the time stream. She has a fantastic arc. But yes, the, the episodes themselves aren't as good as I want them to be in, in how I remember her series being. But the, the name of the Doctor is that end of that arc, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. That's the one where she jumps in the time stream, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm the impossible girl and I'm falling. Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you could quite easily just go like the last three episodes of Matt Smith's run are his best. In, yeah. In a yeah. lot of respects, it's just like, bam, done. But that's boring. Well, you definitely ended on a high. It did end you on did a high. You did end on a high, absolutely. There were a few lows <laughs> along the way. Yeah. No. Are we, gonna, are we yeah. ready to go... Scrape the barrel. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Have you got your barrel scraper handy? See, I feel like I've, I feel like I've been conditioned because as soon as you said that, I wanted to say a carton. But it's not the worst it's episode. Not. It's fine. <laughs> Rings of a carton. It's you my gave, worst episode. Is it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Drew gives a 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> <laughs> For comparison, Marie, 3.6. Yeah. Jim, 2.8. Me, oh, 2.6. I'm not going to repeat the three and a half thousand words I devoted to explaining why, but you can find them on the website if you're really interested. <laughs> Come on then, other worsts. I mean, Vampire of Venice. Yeah, that's that, my third worst. That's, that's my second worst. <laughs> it's a bit of a shite fest. At Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago, when Moffat and Gatiss were plugging their upcoming Dracula series, they were asked, you know, audience questions, and someone said, like, oh, so what, are, what, what other really good vampire TV or, or what have you, is there out there? And Moffat goes, well, I happen to think there's a really good Doctor Who episode <gasps> set in Venice. He did not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genuinely. He did. He did. Did he get things thrown at him? He didn't, no. But, uh, Was there at least a mild booing or some well, hissing? Well, Miriam sat right next to me at the time, just looked at me. We both just went, nope. Okay, so yeah, we agree on that one. That, however, I remember our review of Vampires of Venice as being one of my favourites of the Matt Smith run. Yeah. Drew? Worst? Well, I've only got one worst left. My number two was The Curse of the Black Spot. Aha, that's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> also a shite fest. Yeah. And with terrible child actors as well, Leon. Yes, I mean, they, uh, they're they okay CGIing mermaids all over the place, but they can't CGI the kids. That's uncool, BBC. <laughs> I remember Rory being one of the worst things of that. That was prime Rory idiocy. Oh. Like, whoops, I'm falling overboard. Whoops, I'm standing in the way of the next danger. Oh, Rory. Because Amy dressed up in pirate getup and them on a galleon, it, it should have been a good one. I think that's partly why we rate it so low, isn't yeah. it? Because it should have been at least two points higher. It's visually very pleasing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and the five-year-old in you wants to get yeah. on board, if you'll pardon the pun, <laughs> but it's just impossible. <laughs> the five-year-olds probably loved it. Yeah. But I think as, as an adult, you're like going, uh, no, how are these pirates now manning an actual spaceship? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> a ship is a ship, Jim. They can learn. All oh, right, yeah. Ship is a ship. <laughs> Put them in a fighter jet, they'll be fine as well. Yeah. <laughs> 
speaking of terrible child actors, uh-huh. um, Night Terrors. Yeah. Yep. That's also on my list. That was actually going to be my segue. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stole it. Do you want to? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Night Terrors. I give that 1.4. What did everyone else give that? It's funny, though, because the oh. terrible ones really do stay with you, don't they? These are the ones I remember. Really? Like there, there are loads of other episodes I'm like, what happened in that? Yeah. I was like, I know Night Terrors had a very annoying child and it had lift sounds and it had dolls. That woman and, being uh, eaten by the rubbish. Yeah. The landlord oh, yeah. falling through his floor. He's got a barky dog. Yeah. Yeah. And it had yeah. a child actor so bad you couldn't trust him with a line. He just had to stand and breathe very fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I just, don't want my head filled with this stuff. <laughs> No. Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm pretty sure we agree that it's effectively just a remake of the Chloe Webber episode. Chloe Webber. Chloe Webber. What's it called again? Fear Her. Fear Her. Well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one I've remembered as being kind of terrible, but actually didn't rate it that bad for me. Let's Kill Hitler. Oh, yeah. My second worst foe. See, I, I, just, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> Honorable well, mention for Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> your full list is so much better than mine. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I do, I do remember that being a terrible, terrible episode, but I rated it 2.8, which is above average. Because it's got river in it. Why? Uh, it probably what, is, isn't Being it? a badass. I'm sorry, yeah. Why is it a terrible episode? I don't know. I think it just has terrible bits in it. But actually... That bit where River shoots bullets out of her nipples and takes out a Nazi squadron. That's pretty bad. Basically has a regeneration orgasm. That bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, right. Oh, okay. Okay. Because for a second there, I thought, did I miss a <laughs> really important scene there? Picture in the like, Austin Powers doll. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, where were the they? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's got River in it, so you can't hate it. And we get to see young river like we get to see yeah. previous iterations Mel. of exactly yeah, yeah. Mel's Mel's more like Ugh. smells <laughs> <laughs> oh and then and you get to see young Amy and Rory as well and like they both fancy to her but they don't know yeah That's played cute. by the same actors yeah with slightly scruffier hair yeah, yeah. <laughs> painted on zits <laughs> oh <laughs> just less makeup I think oh, quite yeah. probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> I added one to my list that I genuinely do not remember why, and I added it solely because of the rating, and that was The Hungry Earth. Yeah. A Chibnall episode. See, I, I was thinking to throw was it? Right. that and its its sequel. Cold Blood. In as a kind of honourable mention. I think it's one of those things, again, like it's with the Silurians, could have been so much better, but it's just really shit. So I sort of remember hmm. it being fine. Is it not fine? I think it's worse than fine. Oh. Yeah, it's just really annoying. The yeah. people we're meant to care about are terrible. Oh, and there's a kid. There's an annoying there kid. kid. Oh, Who makes hell. a map of the village. And puts yes. cameras everywhere. I remember this being a fun review as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's his mum who drags or the, the episode yeah. down. And just the, she the, the one who kills the Silurian. Yeah, and the leaden predictability of, well, she's going to give way to some inner... Not evil, but just an impulse that won't be checked. And everyone just turns their back for five minutes to allow it to happen. Yeah. Including idiot Rory, might I add. Oh, Rory. Stupid Rory. <laughs> and then doesn't the doctor just take a back seat while some some scientist who's been drilling speaks on behalf Mira of humanity? Cow. Yeah. yeah. For to no re- broker peace with the Silurians. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Oh, but I think this Why is he drilling? Why is he drilling? 
I think I have a real soft spot know. for Mira Sayal as well, and so I remember her being that good in it. And I think she's. I'm like, oh, it must be a good episode because she's in it. So you gave Cold Blood two point four. Yeah. I'm guessing two. Oh, that is from Mira Sayal. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but but that scene where they should have been saying exactly what Earth means and how to divvy it up and yeah. on what basis. Peter Capaldi gets to do that with the Zygons. You, I suppose you don't get it in the 50th, do you? They also shortcut it there. Yeah. But they needed to write that scene and write it well. And they just montaged it. Yeah. So but it's at meaningless. Least, at least with the Zygons in the... It's not the 50th. No, it's the 50th. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's UNIT, the, the organization that's used to dealing with aliens and speaks kind of for humanity when dealing with aliens. It's not some random person who's been drilling and happens to have stumbled across them. Yeah, and I, I feel like I must have referenced this other episode a million times on the show as well, but the Capaldi episode with the moon, shoot the moon, kill the moon, whatever it's called, yeah. where it, he leaves it up to all of humanity to make yeah. this choice. It's yeah. not just like, oh, it's random designated human who happens to be nearby. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if to pick a scientist slash entrepreneur out of the air. Imagine if that were Elon Musk oh God. debating with the Silurians. We would all be fucked. <laughs> yeah, he'd smoke a nice bowl and then he'd <laughs> have his test, Tesla yeah. drive him home. <laughs> he'd call them all paedophiles for not just doing what he wanted immediately. Yeah, he's pretty cool, isn't he? Oh, he's a stand-up <laughs> chap. Then he'd go, oh, have you seen my flamethrower? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of flamethrowers, okay. another worst foe I had was the wooden Cyberman. Yes. Oh. That's a bad foe. Nice. I'm going to put in a whole barrel load of episodes as just a bucket to go as worst. Anything with the Cybermen. Oh. oh. Silver Nemesis, etc. They just do not get treated well in Matt Smith's That's era. so true. Yeah. You're right. Who do you think Moffat is worse at writing, women or Cybermen? I remembered one. What about the Crimson Order? <laughs> this is your f- this is your fake Yorkshire accent again. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just, just speak normally. <laughs> yeah, but I can't remember what I rated that. But I think I think it probably wasn't terrible. But I just remember it as the worst episode ever. Yeah, you gave it one point three. Oh, okay. No, I did then. Yeah. <laughs> With Kung Fu Jenny. Kung Fu Jenny. Yeah. And Mister Sweet. Mr. Sweet. Yeah, I gave it 2.4. I, I thought it was an okay episode in, in many respects. Certainly couldn't have been better. Him red, as yeah, in all that's whatever. that's a very iconic image, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. 100% on the poster of Matt Smith's DVD box set, yeah. you know. It's in his... Um, the it? flippy book. Yeah, when he shows off all his range. His portfolio. Oh, his portfolio, yeah. And here I was, painted red. <laughs> <laughs> here I am in a top hat. <laughs> They call this dance the giraffe. Yeah. Here I am naked from behind. <laughs> and again. <laughs> Does he get naked more than any other doctor? I think so, yeah, probably. I mean, that we get to see. Yeah. Do you feel like that reflects on Matt Smith and how much he loves his body? And he just, and he just can't stop being naked and they're like, well, if he's going to be naked anyway, we'll just write it in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Matt Smith's refusing to put his clothes on again. All right. <laughs> Let's make it part of the scene. Right. Okay. So now the <laughs> judge of a papal mainframe doesn't allow clothes. All right. Cool. <laughs> Is that why he had to leave so quickly? <laughs> He is definitely the only person to have played the Doctor whose companion has seen his dick, right? Because <gasps> even though we don't get to see it, he yeah, was 100% Clara naked in that scene. Everything, yeah. 
Yeah, so when they go down to the planet five minutes later, why isn't coming out of the truth field and his penis is enormous? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we sidelining what relationship the Doctor had with Billy Piper? Oh. At that point, she's no longer a companion, surely she's moved on to... She never moves on. Well. That's the definition of those. <laughs> She's still there, head pressed up against that wall that tragically doesn't have a crack in it, oh. with tenant on the other side. Oh. <laughs> anyway, enough about the doctor's dick. <laughs> or two dicks. We don't know. I feel like that would have oh, been yeah. a different reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one is just tucked under the other. They're like they're pretzel together. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough about the doctor's dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so best, worst, foes, aliens, oh. etc. The Dalek Paradigm. The best. Oh, yeah, that was with Smith, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it <laughs> You're was. Right. Already forgotten by the time of his departure, <laughs> but Smith nonetheless. You're so right. Okay, so we're, we're looking at worst ones then. All right. <laughs> well, come in with best ones, but I feel like the ones that were set up to be the best ones, the angels and the silence, just got played out mm. and done yeah. to death and the bled dry. The started so well. They were so strong. And the first time you saw one, what did they do? They, like, suck at you and then it's yeah, they zap you. Or... They had, like, electric... They, they shot electricity from yeah. their hands, didn't and it's they? really cool. And their mouths go all funny and they look terrifying. Like, yeah. Oh my god, I wish you could see what I just saw. That was so scary. I have to hold Jim's hand. Don't worry, you'll forget about it the second we, we leave the room. Yeah. Way scarier than the rebel flesh. Yeah. I like the rebel flesh. But they did the same mouth move yeah, that's a true. thousand times worse. That is true. But I did like them. The the gangers. Oh, the gangers. Yeah, they're on my list of um, oh, mentions. That big for the best. blob of gangers in the puddle in the corner where there's all the random mouths yeah it's pretty sexy isn't it <laughs> <laughs> it's a pile of mouths yeah. <laughs> i kind of want to put a mention in for house from the doctor's wife mm. yeah that's a very I good think one mostly because i'm a bit of a sucker for nicely done voices like dramatic voices that don't have an actor stood in front of you making it look stupid yeah <laughs> just, <laughs> just a disembodied voice going well, I'm about to kill you, Doctor. Yeah. That kind of thing. 100%. More of that, please. <laughs> what, killing you? No, no, I mean, okay. I mean more, more. No, no. no. <laughs> Hold up one sec. <laughs> let, me come, let me come at this again. No, just, we, we need to, we need to write Jim a, a, a voiceover part. A, a, a meaty part, part for the next audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> 2020? 2020? Defo. 2020. <laughs> The only problem with House is that I, I can't kind of keep him in my head properly as he a was foe. A, he was a planet. Well, I know. I think that's the thing. It's, it's too... It's, hot, yeah. it's not just a monster you can look at and go, okay, yeah, it's got metal casing with bubbles on, or it's a mechanical man, yeah. Dalek and Cybermen. What about... For those that didn't get it yeah. at home. <laughs> what? Or are here, because I'm getting a lot of blank stares. <laughs> what about one of... It made me think of the, the, the robot things in... Uh, the girl who waited that we're trying to... Oh, the handbots. Kill you with kindness. Yeah, let's get rid of all your bacteria and... Um, High five me and you'll not remember anything. They were quite scary. They were, were they? But yeah. The, the, Someone wants to inject you to save your life, but, in, but will accidentally kill you. But they were pathetic. They didn't look particularly scary. They hobbled around in a weird fashion. I like them. They looked like they were designed by Apple. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> scary. I think... Uh, 
a similar-ish robot that was done better were the smiley robots in Capaldi times later on. The ones that have the, the emoji smiley face. And you have to smile at them uh, in order not to be killed or whatever it is. Mm. We'll get to it. But similar concept, I think, done better. <laughs> I was going to say the vampire fish crustacean alien thingies, but actually, actually they were okay. It's The episode is bad, but they were okay. I remember her being... Um the like leader of the crustacean fish ladies yeah we said at the time that she was a worthy adversary of the doctor and she was like an equal to him and and could like challenge him and was and was really good but just the episode let her down but she was a good yeah doesn't she at the end like before uh, the when she's because she gets eaten by her kids i think but like before then she sees the doctor and at the end of that meeting doesn't she also say something like silence will fall yeah everybody does at that point what's why would you know you don't you don't know nothing <laughs> you've been stuck here in Venice for like- you're a shrimp <laughs> do you know I forgot everyone did that yeah that's another thing that doesn't quite tie together oh no don't undo it Leon, <laughs> oh, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay yeah fine uh, mermaid hologram doctor is not a good one for me no sorry also because the concept is practically a trope at this point of the computer program that is actually good but is just misunderstanding you that's why it, that's does it exactly, look like a mermaid vampire it's exactly the same as the ro- the robots that i was just talking about yeah, yeah. trying to cure you yeah yeah at least it came before them but it came after other examples yeah. which i can't bring to mind at the moment but we said it in the review what it followed how about this for possibly well done but underused or maybe actually maybe touching upon squandered potential headless monks because they're very creepy yeah Yeah. right but they don't do an awful lot exactly Mm. we get to see the soldiers who are turned into headless monks before they're turned into headless monks like before they put a box on their heads and it chops off their noggin or whatever yeah it's a terrible fate but there's really nowhere to go with them no because that's the thing i don't know if you would describe them as a foe as soon as you realize what's happened to them it's like oh those poor monks, what did they do to deserve having their necks tied into a knot? I think that's the thing. It's like, it was a top knot. It was this, this interesting concept you, d- you didn't know about. And then you expect the reveal to be terrible. Actually, the reveal was really good. Like the, the, just a little effect of the hood having a bit of weight and then they pull it back and there's, there is no head Nothing there. there. Yeah. And... And it's thrown in with the scene where the doctor is revealed as part of it and he takes control of everything and it's awesome. Yeah. But then the monks themselves are left being pathetic. Yeah. Like they're wannabe Jedis that. Because yeah, I was going to say, they have like flame around. swords or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're um, not really a big part of it. Is she a good fellow? Madam Calvarian, Kav- yeah. You know what? I hadn't even considered her. Yeah. She's probably the longest running foe. Well, she's Tots Malods on the Nemesis page of the Vindex. Yeah. I mean, I say Tots Malods, I'm going to double check that I've done that. <laughs> she will be <laughs> by the time you listen to this. I'm sure she is. Checking, I'm checking, I'm checking, I'm checking. Yes, she is there. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, because she's, she's quite scary looking, especially when you keep seeing her, um, just that she first appear through the, yeah, she opens a window onto Amy's, like, brain. Yeah, because she she's been a ganger everywhere. the whole time. Yeah, like, that's a great storyline. It a really is, yeah. 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 But she's undone in a fairly annoying way. She appeals to Amy, and Amy's like, actually, I'm a stone-cold killer now. Bang, you're dead. 
if you remember. She, She's like, she, don't you can't kill me. What would the doctor think? And Amy's like, ah, well, I'm a mad Scotswoman, so oh, yeah. deal with that. Yeah, he's not here. No, but that's good, isn't it? Stone Cold Amy. It's pretty badass. That's really badass. It's badass, but it also goes against everything a doctor should sanction in a companion. No, because River shoots people and is very, ha- you know, happy with a gun. And That also goes against everything the Doctor should sanction in a wife. In yeah, the but, last well. couple of classic Who uh, serials that we've reviewed, the companion, the current companion, Leela, just straight up murders people. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. sounds to be more of a pattern. In the beginning, Doc is like, don't. No. Bad Leela. <laughs> Stop it with your murder in yeah, now. Yeah, Try not to going forward. And then she still does it. And he's like, you know what? That's frowned upon. It's like, okay, fine. I'll not do it again. Yeah. She definitely will again, Jim. She will oh, murder sure. so many people. <laughs> yeah. That's just Leela being Leela. But I think there's, I think there's scenes where River's got a gun and Doc's like, oh, this shouldn't turn me on, but it really does because you're River and you're sexy. And like, and I, I think he's got like his moral code and I'm not going to use a gun and I'm not going to do this, but kind of turn a blind eye if other people do it on my behalf. Like that's been a running theme. Yeah. Like weaponizing his companions, that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's, as you say, Drew, that goes against what the doctor has said about his companions Yeah, but the doctor lies. (laughs) (laughs) Point accusatory on me. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) That may prove to be a very versatile argument. Mm. (laughs) I also think it's the bigger thing we keep talking about is that the doctor's, doctor's morals don't line up with what we think the morals are a lot of the time. He is more violent. He does share less interest in certain aspects yeah. of humanity yeah. than we think he does. Yeah. True. Why do you have or so many she... rules? And they said, good men don't need rules. This is not the time to test me or something. This is not the time to find out how many I have. Or why I have so many. Yes. Yeah. You got there. He also says, don't <laughs> tell me the rules. Exactly. Which is the last refuge of an inconsistent writer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another terrible alien. Okay. Statue of Liberty Angel. Oh, no. Oh, well played, sir. No. <laughs> <laughs> that <was> the worst. <laughs> oh, that's the worst episode. Whatever episode that's in, that's the worst. An- 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 Angel's in my Take, ha- Manhattan. Take Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, aka Amy and Rory's send off. That's my least favorite episode. Oh, yes. a late incomer. Yeah. I've <laughs> just remembered. <laughs> I, I listened back to that review because I'm putting together the little best of clip show, whatever. Yeah. I listened back to that review just a few days ago. It The terrible episodes, they're so much fun to review. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it already, but I feel like I should say it again in this segment. The Cyberman. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think they. Not, not are, even of the wooden variety, just general. Old just general. Certainly not the wooden ones. Yeah, and so inconsistent as well. I mean, wooden Cyberman, super speed Cyberman in Nemesis mm. of uh, Silver Nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis of Silver Nemesis. Worst they title ever. Nightmare in Silver. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> What's Silver Nemesis? That's another one then. Silver Nemesis. Is that a classic one? Yeah. Am I thinking of a classic one? Yeah. That title's too good to be a new Who title. <laughs> oh. It just is. All the good ones have been taken. It's great so think- viral now. So we've got Nightmare and Silver and we have Closing Time. Is that the only times they appear? And then we got the wooden one in the... With this uh, other Cybermats. Yeah, yeah, Silver Nemesis is uh, a Cyberman serial featuring the Seventh Doctor. Doctor. I haven't seen it yet, but my goodness, the Cyberman looked amazing. We've been talking a lot in passing about the companions. Yes, let's get to companions. 
Because in my review for the 11th hour, I noted how great Karen Gillan's acting was. Did you? Yes. And we both really, we all really liked that episode. Yeah. And then our, we just turned against her en masse, didn't we? Oh. <laughs> I do. I feel a bit bad because I do think she's good. But she turned against Rory. But she, yeah. it's, And I do think watching it in such a, such a condensed way as we are doing just compacts it all and it, and it becomes too much i think if it was spread out more maybe you wouldn't notice how awful she is to rory possibly it, it was just a bad way of writing a strong woman one yeah. who is strong in her desires and her lust and her disregard to her boyfriend slash husband yeah like and all strong being a badass who's not being who's not setting a good example i'm not saying every companion has to set a good example but the the evidence is stacking up against her. Hmm. Give her a strong moral core. Give her something we can get behind. Yeah. Rather than just being a bullshit cow. Yeah. Did Was I the only one or did you guys also misremember them as being wonderful companions? I think you, I think you were the only one. Because I remember oh, you right. saying it early on and we were all like, uh, what? Because <laughs> you were like, yeah, yeah, they're the perfect couple. It's everyone, we all aspire to be oh, like them. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know if I remember them being the perfect that, couple. That but might I have been me. Was it? I, I think I also was surprised. Yeah, on I definitely. Back. I don't remember. Uh, maybe, but I, I certainly remember my prior recollection of those two being that trio. Those two plus the Doctor. Yeah. Wow, we fantastic chemistry and so much fun and yeah. like the great adventures and blah blah. And it was a golden age. Exactly, but yeah. then. Which it is because there are some really really fantastic episodes. That's true. Great episodes, and I do think. But you, they are terrible. You get to see the highlights. So if the, well, the things terrible. that you look back on and remember is like their wedding and the like how many times she rescues him or he rescues her and, and all these highlights. If you just remember those. And the very romantic ending. Yeah. And well. Rory waiting 2,000 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. But then it's just when you watch them closely and pick them apart and, and go, oh, yeah, actually, they're quite terrible together and she's really shitty to him and he puts up with a lot and i don't think they are terrible together i think it's just every now and again they write in something where she's terrible to him yeah and it just doesn't fit like they, they have a lot of chemistry i think you're absolutely right leon that these three people do interact very well together like their, their time with the doctor is fun to watch yeah and I, I remember that but I, I also i remembered how bad they get towards the end i remember like with tenant being just go already yeah. please just put us out of our misery and that's what it happened it felt like watching it again hmm. this time around well, predominantly, it's Amy that I've certainly developed an, an aversion to. <laughs> oh, I've written, Rory was a besotted village idiot whose only redeeming features were a mythic inability to die and very occasionally remembering to be a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> he is a freelance hero, I'll have you know. <laughs> we also have Clara, we also have River. Everyone's looking at Marie. I, know. I don't know what you expect me to say. You know what my opinions are. <laughs> They're the best women in the world, but, you know, you you can have an opinion. Wait, the best women in the world? Yeah. yeah oh, River. Sorry, River. I thought River I was thinking, and Amy Clara. and Clara? What? But Amy, <laughs> Amy, River, fuck, Clara did splinter <laughs> into millions of individual Claras, so she is the best women in the world. Yes, she yeah. is. Unfair advantage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I do, I feel like, looking back, I feel like I love Clara with all my might, um, but she <laughs> had a very tough run of it and she hasn't been given the episodes that she deserves to have 
And so I hope that she will rectify that with Capaldi and there will be some more strong... What are you talking about? Clara's been a general already. She's been like the Emperor's plenipotentiary, practically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of Clara maybe more than specific episodes that she's in. She also embodies a certain independence despite all the allure of travelling with the Time Lords. Yeah. That is enviable. No other companions really exhibit that. Yeah, exactly. Everyone else just falls head over heels for the Doctor or just cannot, understandably, cannot decline the offer to travel with the Doctor. Yeah. Other people would say that she's the most disturbing example of a trend of how female characters are entirely ancillary or subsidiary to the Doctor. She jumps into his time stream to be the device that gets him to where he needs to be. She is basically his nurse across space and time. And she does jump off her own volition and free will. That's super heroic, though. Yeah, Yeah. that's really badass. And she also... And she she thinks she's going to die doing it. She doesn't know she's going to come out the other end. Yeah, She's making the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what some people think. I don't think that's necessarily a female vis-a-vis male power dynamic. That's a human vis-a-vis Time Lord or Gallifreyan power dynamic. Yeah, but the thing is that the... The two binaries there coincided to such a degree before there was a female doctor that people just got sick of waiting for a difference. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe at the time the sort of the zeitgeist was saying something differently, but now in retrospect, I feel like that's literally just her going. Well, I'm a human. I can't make a huge difference across space and time. But this person is a Gallifreyan who can travel, who can live for thousands of years, and can you know, bring peace across the galaxy or the universe, Terranationism, and if I sacrifice myself, then this Gallifreyan can can do that. It's sort of a happenstance that she, you know, she happens to be a woman and, and the Doctor happens to be a man at that point. I don't know. I see what you're saying, though. I like Clara. What does Jim think of Clara? I like Clara, too. I think her arc is very well developed. And, yeah, I think some of the, the episodes are, unfortunately, a bit naff. But the, the interplay between her and Matt Smith is always really good. And I think... It's kind of a, a bit of a breath of fresh air that we don't have a third wheel, which maybe yeah. is, is why her relationship with Matt Doctor n- is better. And it's nice that they're not pushing the like, romance thing with them because they've done it with everyone, every other companion, including Donna. I know there wasn't a romance, but they, it was rammed down your throat every week about how she wasn't attracted to him and it was such a big deal. Honestly, yeah. you don't want it so, one way, you don't want it the other. How are you meant to be pleased? I like- because like just how male and female like people interact like like i have male friends i don't every week go you know don't fancy you you know that like this isn't going Uh, it wasn't because the male female thing it was because she was a human and he was a time lord but yeah but clara like (laughs) two dicks they've got (laughs) pretzel dick oh god oh Oh. please stop saying pretzel dick oh man pretzel dick (laughs) oh Oh, no oh i really need a pretzel They do the nice flirty thing. The last couple of episodes, I'm sure they mentioned there was the like, <laughs> oh, there was the truth sphere, and she said that she fancied him or something. Da, da, da. Yep. But it's not a, it's not made a big deal of. It's just there in the background, just doing its own thing, and it's not, and that's refreshing not to have that as such a central focus. Yeah, and then she yeah. goes on to have a separate relationship. Because I was going to say, does he then become a third wheel? You've just said you didn't want a third wheel, Jim, Mister Pink. Yes, I think he does. You're a third wheel, Mr. Pink. You gripe and groan and cringe. Blink? (laughs) He does blink. (laughs) Undeniable. I don't remember that much about Mr. Pink. 
Remember, he's a an ex-soldier. Yeah. Right? And Capaldi doesn't like that. Yeah. I remember the first time I'm watching it, really hating him and their relationship. And then on re-watching it, kind of went, oh, no. He's good. I think they're good and yeah. they're nice together. Yeah. Oh, so we're reverse Amy Rory. So, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we will see what a third viewing does for them. Um, I have a question for Drew at this point. Oh, lovely. Because Uh-oh. I remember very early on when Clara, I think even before we'd seen the first Clara episode, you were anticipating Clara and you were very, um, you were very opinionated about her and you said that she was terrible and she was... Uh, Did I? Changed every week depending on what the storyline was and you didn't think she had a personality of her own that she just just did whatever the doctor needed for her and and the character wasn't well developed. Yeah, I just wondered whether now we've gone through them all again whether that opinion has changed. Yeah, I mean, I've written Clara started off fine. That's the entirety oh. <laughs> of my review. I, if I said all those horrible things, well, I got to take some of them back cuz yeah. yeah, I do think that she's she's a a fine character. I can't get away from the word fine. She's doing fine. <laughs> I think she gets way more developed as we continue with Capaldi. Yeah. yeah. It may be that she starts to go off in directions and over the totality of her run, she is sort of several different people to the point where she isn't who she was at the beginning. Because that's what I was trying to... Because when you said it, it really shocked me. And I was like, oh, I don't, like, that's not what I'd seen from her at all but then i wondered whether yeah whether it's something that hasn't happened yet and maybe it will it, maybe she will change a lot when capaldi comes in yeah we'll because see. we know that her relationship with capaldi is a bit strained and a bit forced yeah. so we'll see if the cracks begin to appear maybe maybe but for for season one clara anyway we like we like yeah she's yeah. fine she is not the problem no <laughs> <laughs> good what about river oh river Someone else taught now. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. It t- doesn't one of us in this room really love River? Who is that? Oh, yeah. Which one of us really I don't think it's River? me. Is it me, Drew? I don't think so. No, nor no. Jim. Is it Jim? Who does that leave? Oh, which one? Which fine, one? fine. There we go. <laughs> it's me. Obviously, it's me. <laughs> and Star Wars Cell. Why don't you love River? What's wrong with you people? No, she's great. I do you love River? Yeah. Just not quite as vehemently as you do. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote about River. She's had some fine moments, but by herself... You love in this word today. I love. Fi- <laughs> fine covers a lot. But by herself, her catchphrases, repartee and badassery can't lift a bad episode. And I feel like too often that's precisely what her character and her appearances are asked to do. It's like, River's here. Get excited. Don't look at the shit that's going on all well, around. I have to say it works on me every time. So <laughs> she's doing something right. I also feel like that's not her fault. No. No, that's the writing the, in general. The character in general as well. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I also, well, okay, so she's badly used and deployed, I guess. Like Clara. What's wrong with Clara? Differently, differently. Well, no, we're saying that the episodes she's in are, are very mediocre. Yeah, okay. No, okay. Yeah. yeah, but I'd, I think the episodes that River's in are standouts most of the time. They? Let's kill Hitler. Well, not obviously not that one. <laughs> Come on. What else? What else? The, the, the doctor's wife. Ones. The wedding of River Song. I knew there was a weddingy wifey thing involved. <laughs> the wedding of River Song. And the name of the doctor. The name That's of good the doctor. Too. That's nice. And the Big Bang and the Pandora opens. Yes. See, she's in all the big ones. Oh, the Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon and the Angels in Manhattan. Yeah. Those are the other ones. A yeah. good man goes to all war. The, all the America stuff she's in. Actually, that kind of. It, Leads us on to the various storylines because Assassin River Song is one massive storyline that yeah. leads all through, well, not all through, but through a chunk of Matt Smith's run. 
I just wanted to quickly, as far as our character goes, at least make mention of the fact that this is someone that's dropped in in Tennant's era as a very unexplained but very well put together character, and he doesn't get to explore it, but we get it in Smith. Like this, this is really where she lives, isn't it? Smith's run. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Is it? Do we do we like that, or do we feel like it, it didn't carry over as well? I love that because when she first came in, she was this like really intriguing character and you had no idea who she was and, and neither did the doctor and then she just disappeared and you never saw her again and we were like oh have they just they've just dangled this beautiful fish and now we can't have it and um <laughs> wait we dangled this beautiful fish i don't know <laughs> i'm trying to picture the scenario in which this happens <laughs> i was picturing a restaurant so i don't know anyone else. someone comes up to you like dangles a beautiful fish trying to hypnotize you, you want this fish? <laughs> Um, and yeah, and so when she does come back in with the next Doctor, it's like, oh my God, this thing that I'd forgotten about, that I'd assumed, I completely assumed as soon as they got rid of Tennant, they were like, oh, well, now they won't bring her back because sure. that partnership is can't be anymore. And so I love the fact that they did. I think it does work. And I, and I also really love the fact that she comes back with Capaldi as well, because it's just, it's nicely, she's known a range of his faces, because it would be too coincidental, these two time travellers going in all different directions that they would, she would only ever meet that one face of his. Can she still come back, by the way? After Capaldi, yeah. I mean. I don't, like, at a different point in her time stream, she could, why not? Right, right, yeah. yeah. There's nothing to say that, no, I don't, well, I was going to say, like, it, there's nothing to say, like, oh, now she has experienced everything, or we've experienced everything that she had written in her diary, or that's never said, is it? But it, it does stretch the original concept, which has already been stretched perilously close to breaking point i mean out of sentimentality it would be nice to see river again we probably forgive it but it would dilute again the original setup why why would it what's the original setup because the original setup is i'm going this way the doctor's going the other way we're led to believe it'll be quite a linear inversion see i i completely disagree with that i don't think it's it's ever been i think they've made an offhand comment to we're traveling in the opposite direction yeah um, but i don't think it's as linear as I don't yeah, think because I made that assumption as well, and, and yeah. then uh, our resident river expert corrected me as well yeah. at the time. Well, then don't make that offhand comment. <laughs> it's, no, it's, more, it's more poetic than saying... Make like, a poetic non-offhand comment. Sorry, I talked over you again there, Jim, a morning ago. <laughs> no, I, just, I think it is not linear, but I, I definitely think they make the implication on more than one occasion that they are going against each other. So the fact that we've seen the start and the end, you would kind of like to feel like that's nicely rounded off now and we don't jump back into the middle and plus at some point in the future are we not going to have to maybe cgi her to look a bit younger because it is going to be the middle of that that we've already seen she's ageless jim what are you rude talking about? i have not i've not <laughs> seen alex kinson lately Come she on. probably looks amazing she does there's not any disrespect to as that always. it's just you know they have to inevitably face that Love you, alex kinson. <laughs> um, she hasn't aged since er so i don't know what you're talking about fair enough yeah. oh yeah i just like to say thank you, fellow Robot Jim, for agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> right back at you, Drew. Right, so we need to write him a deep voiceover and a robot part. <laughs> it's happening. 2020, listen to this space. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing I had to say about Mel's was that she is the worst retcon since Trenzalore. And you can't say that that statement doesn't make sense because River's living backwards and don't tell me the rules. Mel's is terrible, I, I agree. I don't like Mel's. No, I don't think anyone does. No, I forced that. (laughs) Good. So the storylines that I'd written down, two of them I now realize they kind of overlap. I had written down Assassin River Song, 
Lake Silencio, they're the same yeah. one, really. We have the whole Trenzalore thing. Worst retcon since Assassin River Song. <laughs> <laughs> Care to elaborate? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole War Doctor thing. Oh, there's a mysterious person in in the root cellar of your time stream. Oh, he's a comic sidekick. It's great. I like this guy. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's maybe a bit of a stretch as a storyline. Oh, okay. Do you think? No, that's that's fair. Silence will fall. That just like Silencio meets the crack. Oh, the crack. The crack. The crack. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. But it, but they, but they do all become entwined. Yeah, towards the fiftieth, at the very least, Does they it, turn it into one thing. Silence will fall. Come through the crack at one point. I'm sure we. He- yeah, we hear the voice going. Silence will fall. That's exactly. Soundbites. That's exactly what we hear. Uh, through the crack. They do all of the storylines are entwined into one big storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, with the exception of Assassin River Song. The Lake no, Silencio thing. She's, oh. But she's to do she's to do with the silence. Yeah, she's activated by the Cavarian chapter. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I think it was worth trying once to do all this stuff, because yeah. they've done series long arcs and or harked back to previous series long arcs in resurrecting Bad Wolf, but not really revived it. So yeah, have something stretch across three series and see how well you can make it hang together and the answer is not very but it's worth doing once exactly um is the impossible girl a bit separate yeah she's usually grunt yeah it was so the great intelligence yeah okay yeah so the clara storyline is totally separate from all of that however she becomes involved in this in the original storyline with the crack and the silence and everything because she's there yeah she's the the one who's talking into the crack yeah yeah. exactly so she she does have her own storyline, but she's also part of the huge storyline. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah, the great intelligence was a disappointing foe. I oh. really wanted it to be so much better. If he'd been voiced by Jim instead of Ian McKellen, it'd <laughs> been twice as good. Yeah, I, I didn't say this before, but the great intelligence was in fact an honourable mention for best foes. Best foes. Yeah, really? I'm probably wrong. I I, 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 I'm not probably wrong. I probably disagree with my past self. It sounds so choice, promising. It's such yeah. a good name for a foe. I'm so happy that the great intelligence is back, mm. but maybe could have been done better. Yeah. yeah. I think the the power it wields, so we get snowmen. Which aren't particularly scary. Yeah. And we don't get yetis. They've got teeth. Oh no, they have teeth. Ah. And then we get, what do we get? We get some weird creatures that can... Oh, the... Whispermen. Whispermen, Whispermen, yes. You're right. Which can all turn into Richard E. Grant. Which kind of cool rather than scary. Come on. Yeah. Um, But surely surely this should not be on your your top list because it's underused Richard E. Grant. That's true. Crime against nature. That's true. But I'll I'll keep it as an honourable mention because I'm glad that they're they're calling back to Classic Who. Yeah. Squandered potential. Richard E. Grant got more of a run than Derek Jacobi. That's true. true. God, you're still not over that. (laughs) I'm not. And do you know what? It's one of my notes that Matt Smith didn't have to face Davros or the Master. Ah. I would have oh, wow, loved yeah. to have seen a matchup like that. Instead, we get matchups with Mr. Clever or the Dream Lord or Rosanna Calvieri, as Marie was saying, mm. or Carla Jecks at a stretch. They're, they're the closest we get to sort of equal interlocutors mm. for Matt Smith. And I would have loved to see him go toe to toe with a totemic villain. Yeah, it's unfair to the 11th Doctor, frankly, yeah. not to have a master. 
Yeah, he has a, he has a large number of weirdly mute villains to silence, goes without saying. Yeah. The Weeping Angels, apart from Angel Bob, who's like got five lines. The Snowmen. Also Baby Angels. Cyber Matt. I mean, there are loads of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that does feel like a missed opportunity. He does address a lot of people, though, but not face to face. He has a couple of big moments where he's addressing the sky with all the spaceships around him. Yeah. Big Bang and then the name of the Doctor? The Stonehenge one. Yeah, Stonehenge. Yeah. What about Okartan? Doesn't Ooh. speak either. Yeah. Didn't Tennant address the sky a lot as well? I don't remember. I think he used to beat his chest and roar at the sky. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. But we do get... I, I watched a YouTube thing which is like the badass moments of, of Matt Smith. And we do, we do get the whole <laughs> Colonel Runaway thing. So this is to a... Probably a C-level villain, not even a B-level. But that's, that's like angry doctor kind of going, I just, I don't want you to just give an order to stand down. I want you to tell him to run away. I want you to be humiliated through his action, you know, and he's just really pissed off and angry. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It is badass, but it does it almost, it feels like it's aimed at the wrong person. Like this poor guy is just like, I don't I don't know what I've done to, to why did, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, no, he's, he's prominently the major villain. He's not Calvarian though. No, but like, for that, that part of the episode, like he's the one that's been attacking everyone and ordering everything to happen. Calvarian yeah. has been in the behind scenes. Anyway, that's not what we're going to be talking about. No, nah. sorry. <laughs> Derailed us. <laughs> What else is on the list? I, I, I think that's it. I was just looking at the list. I, I think we've actually <gasps> checked all the boxes. We, we did it. We were hinting at a 2020 thing. Drew, did you want to take that away? Well, I mean, that. I will get to this in a long rant I have prepared. Are you ready for a long rant? <laughs> oh, here we go. All right, everyone- wait, 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 wait. Let me start off by saying some positive things about Matt Smith's run. Okay. His joie de vivre, his enthusiasm... He never got bogged down in romantic entanglement, as Marie said. He got married, but he was never doer about it. He was just a joy to watch and be around. And when Amy was fun, she was fun. You had this mix of adventure and humor, as often well judged, and wonderment at the sheer scale of the things going on. Those are my positives. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, wait, hang on. I'm going to crack open another cider. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want to just stop there, Drew? <laughs> well, what I miss most about Matt Smith's run is the energy, the vibrancy, as I said, but the sheer frequency of episodes. I'm nowhere near the first to say this, but for such a headline-grabbing, merch-flogging, Britain-promoting show worldwide, Doctor Who has been put to the sword by the BBC. Were we fans not in the position of being periodically gifted our favourite content, I'd say a lot's been expected of us. Although we will have to pay for BritBox or DVDs to watch the classics legally, I might add. In two of the last four years, 2016 and 2019, we haven't had a series of one of our favourite shows. We've had one episode at most. And since Matt Smith's time, the episode camp series has dwindled from 13 to 12 and then to 10. If I'd remained the casual fan I was before joining this podcast, I wouldn't have the patience for it. I might catch it when it was on, but I wouldn't think twice about investing my time in a less moribund option instead. Soap operas stay popular because they're a perennial part of people's lives and they periodically kill off their lead characters. How does any of that not apply to Doctor Who? Keep chucking it at the screen, or we'll learn to kick the habit. And I get the argument that quality TV takes longer and more money to get right than ever before. But the very nature of the show, as we know, as we've experienced, means every season there's going to be one diamond, a few good to very good episodes, some mares, 
and two absolute stinkers. Twas ever thus. Just churn them out. So, and this started during Smith's run with Series 7 split across two years. But back then we had the promise of the 50th and Capaldi to look forward to. So the momentum didn't feel like it was flagging. And that was the same with Tennant's farewell tour. There's a doctor a coming. Right now, we've had a little bit of Jodie, some of which was okay. And now we're just marking time and getting less than we should be getting. The, the delay used to be temporary and with the expectation of bigger rewards. Now I can only grumble that Capaldi missed out because of the worst series of Sherlock. And Jodie's going to get 30 episodes maximum before she leaves on New Year's Day 2022 to be replaced by a series of guest doctors when an unresolved paradox in the space-time continuum leaves the doctor having to visit cheaper actors from across their past before their identity can once more stabilise. And this is where I'm getting to the point that we talked about before. The mystery cultivated around when a new series or even a trailer will drop. Watch this space is nothing but infuriating to fans and irrelevant to bystanders. And without an uptick in commitment by the BBC, we'll be forever lamenting how it's not how it used to be, which which with Jodie in the hot seat is doubly short-sighted and irresponsible. Back in Matt Smith's day, we didn't have to deal with that. Being a fan was fun. It was culturally relevant. It put you on the front line. It was embarrassing, but for all the right reasons, the stew was hot and bubbling, not cooled to the point of curdling. The little girls who dressed up as Jodie Whittaker for Halloween 2018. How many of them do you think did that this year? Mm. I looked on Twitter. There were four tweets about it. And one of them was at Elena Soper. I went to my guide unit Halloween party dressed as Jodie Whittaker's doctor. And I was just asked, who are you supposed to be? And that's where the show is now. And that's what I miss most about 2013, where it was. Rant over. P.S. Fuck the Jadoon. <laughs> well, that was a rant. Tell us what you really think. Uh, can I just say, for the record, when it went during Matt Smith's run, I went dressed as Matt Smith's doctor to a Halloween party, and I got the question, are you a men in black? Oh. And I wasn't even wearing anything black. Like, I was wearing a <laughs> tweed jacket and a bow tie. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that, that, that was my longest ever rant. Quick question for Drew. What level of commitment from the BBC, and I'm going to put forward a scenario after this as well, Go for it. Um, would make you forgive them at this point? So, for example, if we had this announcement drop and you get Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Doctor Who kickstarted in new, fresh fashion, would you be happy? Do you know something, Drew? Of course not. I mean, that would be lovely. It's not going to be that. I would just like 12 episodes on a reliable yearly basis at this point, rather than the show most of the time being about when is it coming back and expecting that to be exciting. Do we know how many episodes the next season is going to have, by the way? 10. Oh, okay. And I'd love for there to be a a New Year's Day special. I don't think a Christmas Day special is going to happen, but it's conjecture. But this is inherently a boring subject. I don't want to be talking about this. Let's get back to Matt Smith, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) I do take your point, though. I'll take the baton. All right, so uh, Matt Smith... Take this baton. uh, Hey, buy me dinner first. Okay, so... We started tonight's conversation with a mention of the My Doctor phenomenon. And I think the whole My Doctor thing nowadays, in New Who, it means something different than it means in Classic Who. When people refer to their Doctor in Classic Who, it's the Doctor who was on the air when 
they were kids, maybe yeah. like that that they grew up watching. Now I feel like it's mostly used to determine the doctor that you most relate to, the most that, that you really care about, that you want to see more of, and that you miss and 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 loved and or loved at the time. And I think Matt Smith is that doctor for me. I've had a tremendously good time with you guys talking about his full run, and I've gained a completely new appreciation for Matt Smith that I didn't have at the time. I remember thinking, oh, this guy's sort of be trying to be Tom Baker, but not quite hitting the mark. He absolutely hits the mark. <laughs> In retrospect, I think he does a fantastic job. I wish that we had more of that kind of spark in later Doctor Who, including in Capaldi. I loved Capaldi as well, but he was maybe too edgy and wasn't. he was missing the playfulness. Yeah. There was a playfulness in Matt Smith that we didn't have in Tennant. We certainly didn't have in Eccleston because the show was too young. Mm. And yeah, for that reason, holy moly, I'm going to pour one out for Matt Smith over here. Well done, buddy. Mm. And thanks for listening, Matt Smith. That's very kind of you to tune into our show. <laughs> yeah. Favorite new Who Doctor so far? Yeah. Mine too. Mm. Me too. The number of bad episodes we come away going, at least Matt Smith was watchable. Well, that that's the thing. <laughs> He's the constant throughout all the series. So We've true. always said, well, he, and he was great. And you don't, you don't even have to think about it. He's so consistent. Yeah. Consistently <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Yeah. anything else to say about Matt Smith or shall we listen to some... How floppy is his hair in the first episode? Oh, how floppy (laughs) are his two dicks? How floppy is... (laughs) (laughs) You really try tying them together in some way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it makes sense because someone inevitably has to be on top of someone else in this multi-person arrangement. Yeah, that's why the Time Lord equivalent of a 69 is a 217. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's way too plausible. (laughs) So we've had a few members of Podcast Land send something in. Shall we have a listen? Let's. Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250. Or it would get out of hand. Here are the listener minis, anyway, that we've got. We've got three three listeners. Nice. Taken the time out to write to us. Three people much. care. That's Thank nice. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. The first person who cares is Phoenix Phil Morley. Hello, Phil. I believe this calls for one of these. New reviewer. Hello, Phoenix Phil Morley. Phoenix Phil Morley. <laughs> what a great name you have. Phoenix Phil loved Matt Smith slash the 11th Doctor. It's just a shame that most of his run he was stuck playing second fiddle to the dreary marital woes of Amy and Rory and or lost in the ever-tangled nonsense of one of Moff's big nights out. That being said, no matter how tough an episode may have been, Matt Smith always shone like a diamond. True that he did. In terms of favourite episodes, I fully love the 11th Hour, Vincent... Hyde, and the run of such and such of the Doctor episodes during the 50th anniversary. I look forward to his inevitable return for the 60th anniversary and beyond. I swear they only aged him in time of so they can bring him back no matter how old Matt Smith actually gets. That is a blooming good theory and I really, <laughs> really hope that's true. <laughs> Phoenix Bill Morley, I think you're onto something. Well said. Yeah, in 300, 600 years, he could definitely slip off the planet a few times. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Slips off to get his uh, marshmallows. Yeah. Who knows where else he goes? Do you think Matt Smith would return for a 60th? I hope so. I think so. I think Tennant addressed this in an interview quite recently. As in, addressed it, coming back. as in addressed it to the point where he was asked, would you be out for it? And he said something like, 
Hell yeah, mm. obviously. No question. I think yeah. Matt Smith would be. Yeah. Thank you very much, Phoenix Phil Morley. Next up, we've got Jeff Waddell. Hey. Or Waddle. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Waddle, 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 Jeff. Waddle, 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 Jeff. Waddle, 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 Jeff. Waddle. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. I believe this calls for one of these. Do, 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 do. New reviewer. Hello, hello. Jeff starts. 250 words only, eh? That'll be difficult. Bollocks. There's 15 or so gone already. I loved Matt Smith, quirky, alien, with a dark side, completely mesmerizing on screen, even able to elevate some awful scripts to watchable. But that's my main problem with his era. For all the wonderfulness of the Weeping Angels two-parter, we got the awfulness of Nightmare and Silver, and most of season six, which didn't work for me at all. The whole silence thing didn't resolve itself well enough for me, and the whole who blew up the TARDIS storyline was a damp squib when it was revealed. He gets a poor send-off. Let's resolve the regeneration question by having the Time Lords throw a can of new regenerations through a crack in the sky. And there we go. You wrote this rubbish. Oh, yeah. It was Moffat. Don't tell me the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Is not a good argument. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Agrees. Now, I'm not a Moffat hater, continues Jeff. He wrote some of the best stories in the new series, but as a showrunner, it's all a bit underwhelming. Good ideas, but far too complicated and unresolved. And this inability to let go of companions when their time was up. It's not for me, really. He has five or six great ideas, but the problem is it's five or six great ideas only, repeated continuously. I'd happily watch about a dozen of the Matt Smith episodes over and over, but the rest, never again. The highest of highs at times, and great TV at the time, but on reflection, a bit unsatisfying, and nowhere as good or clever as the showrunner thinks it is. Ooh. I am right behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Burn. (laughs) Very nice. Thank you very much, Jeff. Next up, we have the sinister super spy himself. Feel the the wrath wrath of Kyle. Kyle. First try. (laughs) Hello, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Kyle begins. Snap. Change. A whole new doctor goes sauntering off. Ginger or not. Who is Ginger? (gasps) Snap, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) For some, it's immediate. Others, it takes time. In the rarest of occasions, it never quite feels right. For some... I thought I had a good bead on what Doctor Who was supposed to be. And then I was educated, lovingly, slowly, with a hearty chuckle and a manic gait, limbs all akimbo. From moment one, he felt right. As he walked face first into that tree, despite the fact that it was early days, it seemed like he had lived in that skin his whole life. Young, but also impossibly old. Very human and definitely alien. Familiar, yet miles away. All the time. And fuck me, he was funny. The funniest doctor. As the clock struck 12, I found myself concerned that I had been spoiled, that I was ruined for the next face that was frowned upon us. But I got over it, sort of. No, maybe not. 12, now 13. Some of it I loved immediately. Some of it took more time. Some of it never really felt quite right. That's the deal. The contract we obligingly have with this bastard of a show. It grabs us by the hand, tells us to run. Run! And the years fall away. I didn't realise it before. He was absolutely the same man, and also something very different. Legendary. He was my doctor. Thank you, raggedy man. Oh, Marie's basically in tears. Oh my goodness. (laughs) He was our raggedy man. Oh, he was. (laughs) Oh no. Now that is a poetic non-offhand line. Oh. Oh. 
Thank you, Kyle. That was beautiful. It really was. Thank you so much. Well, what a way to end 11. <sighs> Boy, indeed. Yeah. Podcast lands. if you would like to share your admiration of, of that lovely mini with Kyle, please tell him so on, on Twitter. He can be found at Sinister Super Spy. That's super without any what's true. Vowels. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> and thanks, Drew. I was not ready for that, Drew. <laughs> wow. What an evening. Oh. Nice trip down 11th Doctor memory lane. In Totsamosh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. For me, at least. I don't know. <laughs> as Vinnie Jones, not Jason Statham, as I wrongly said, said, it's been emotional. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Rydarunian cheesecake. So we're gonna jump head first into Capaldi country with deep breath dropping next. Thereafter, back into classic Who with the Invisible Enemy. Indeed, which is going to see the. Uh, I've seen screenshots. So I don't want to say anything. Don't look at screenshots, Jim. I can't. They're invisible. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know what I'm referring to when you see the episode. Okay. And after that, who knows? Whatever, something. Maybe we'll do an audiobook. <laughs> but in the meantime, you can say hello to us on Twitter. Drew, you are on Twitter. I am, at Drew Backwen. Excellent branding. Jim, you are on Twitter. I'm at Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the what now, sorry? No, Jimmy the Who. Jimmy the Who, also excellent branding. <laughs> Marie, you are not on Twitter. Sadly not, no. <laughs> But please feel free to email Marie, uh, whobackwhen at gmail.com. We'll pass it along. And I am at Ponkin. Not so excellent branding. <laughs> Thank you so much for being such a lovely audience. Until the next time, rock on. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Until the next doctor. Oh, oh my oh. goodness. Bye-bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters and more which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao ciao. Who back when?